What's up, y'all? This is Put in the Group Chat Podcast. My name is Ryan Shepard. It's Monday, May 30th, Memorial Day. Uh, Want to shout out to all of the, you know, people that have lost their lives in battle um, in our country. So shout out to those people um, and their families. Uh, um, also, I just want to get this out of the way because, you know, we had to do it last week and unfortunately we have to do it again this week. Uh just want to send prayers, my condolences to all the people down um, at in Oofdale, Texas, um, who just went through obvious, just the worst thing that you could think of to wake up and think that your younger brother, your younger sister, your child, your nephew, your niece is not coming home. Um, so I want to send my prayers to those folks down there. Um, and last but not least, I also want to send my prayers to the families of Dwayne Haskins. Um, we got his autopsy um, earlier this, earlier this, well, not this week, but last week. Um, and also to the family of Jeff Gladney, the Arizona Cardinals cornerback who was pronounced dead earlier this morning. Um, so prayers and condolences out to all of those folks. I just wanted to get that out of the way so we don't end on a somber note. Um, without further ado, I'm here with oh, my... I just wanted to say something about that. Yeah, sure. I just, at some point, like, I mean, obviously this is uh, um, not an original point, but with Memorial Day with um, the two tragedies that happened back to back, at some point we have to start taking, like, preventative measures. Um like, I think when we, we talk about war, we see it as this abstract concept, partly because it's become an abstract concept um, because like the drones and stuff like that, like we don't see it as the front lines as much anymore. But when you have terrorism at home and that's what those last two weeks have been is terrorism at home, you know, we have to stop thinking about like death in this abstract way um, because it's real and it hits people hard. And obviously death is inevitable, but it's not. Death in that way isn't. And we can't just treat that as a constant when we have the tools necessary to um, get to the bottom of it. So that's what I have to say. Cause you know, when we talk about Memorial Day and we're going to see this in the theme of sports, like, like the NFL starts on 9-11. So we're going to see how we, like, manufacture war and stuff like that, how we talk about war. But, yeah, like, the fight needs to be at home, you know, uh, especially when we're talking about kids dying and, like, elderly people dying in the most brutal way possible, you know, on top of the fact that, you know, we didn't give really COVID a much of a fight either. So, you know, I know people might listen to this and think I'm just saying buzzwords just the same, but I'm saying like it's all connected in a way that people are vi are dying very violent and painful deaths, and there's only so much they can really take. So I I don't know. I just just food for thought there. Uh, yeah, uh, 
I can't really say anything else other than, you know, rest in peace, not only to uh, Jeff Gladney, but anyone who's ever lost a loved one in the battle of war. Uh, death may be something that we have to live with, but it's never going to get easier. So I just wish anyone whoever has to suffer something like that, just the best of my condolences. Yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's really just well said. And um, obviously, there's, there's not many good ways that we can segue from something as heavy to that. Um, it's what we talk about normally, which is sports. Um, but, you know, we'll do it the best way that we can. And, you know, since we, since we last talked, um, a lot has happened. We have an NBA Finals matchup. Um, uh, I guess we, we, we talk a lot on this show about sports in the general aspect, but we also talk about it in the very personal aspect. We talk to James as he is experiencing, you know, the, the peak of Kansas City Chiefs football so far in their franchise. So he's getting to live through that. So we talk about it in a first person perspective. Um, but today, today we get to talk to Gerald about what it feels like to be a Celtics fan after, I, th- I think I saw it on, when was game six? I think it was Thursday, Thursday-ish. They had, yeah. they had lost their previous five games that could have clinched a finals appearance. And they finally got over the hump. I shouldn't say finally because they won a championship a decade ago. But they got over the hump on Sunday. They are now back in the finals. We'll talk about the team that they're going to play in a moment. But, Gerald, how does it feel to have the Celtics back in the NBA finals? Uh, They couldn't do it without giving me a heart attack a few times. But, (laughs) hey, (laughs) it feels amazing, man. The first time they've been in the finals since 2010 when they had the big three Celtics, Pierce, Garnett, and Allen. I mean, yeah, I was never at ease at once during that series. The moment they lost game six in Boston, I got immediately 2012 flashbacks when LeBron and them came back on us 3-2. But uh, they did a really good job in game seven of building that lead early. That way, when it started to slip, they still had some management of control over the game because we'll get to it later when we talk about the Golden State matchup. There are some things that concern me, but as just feeling finally being in the finals after going through the road that they went through, beating Brooklyn and Katie and Kyrie, where everyone thought it was a coin toss, and then Boston sweeped them, and now all of a sudden Brooklyn sucks. Then there was beating Milwaukee with Giannis, and finally you beat the Heat, who are the number one seed. All teams Boston have lost to previously trying to get to the postseason finals. Like, it's just, it is a surreal feeling that I just haven't felt in such a long time as a Boston Celtics fan. And it's, I don't know. I'm just happy. I'm just happy right now. I can echo that. I was, I wasn't sure they were going to get it done. <laughs> James, do you want to nah, say I'm not bad. I thought you was about to say something else. My bad. No, no, I, no, I, I, was, you no I would say at the end of game six, I really thought they was, because I will say this, even in defeat, I don't I don't know where Jimmy Butler fits in. It don't matter. But that dude, especially when it comes to the postseason, uh-huh. He shows up. 
Like that's like he didn't play well early in the season in this series, but game six and game seven. Aside from that, like we can talk about the pull up three at the end of game seven, but game six, damn near putting up 50 points. You got Kyle Lowry out there playing what I call experimental basketball, which means he just runs into the lane and throws his body in a direction and puts the ball up and just and he might get a foul. <laughs> I don't know how much longer you can keep doing that. But you do it as long as I'm chest clear. <laughs> yes, There's no way. There's no way he's following heat culture. (laughs) Y'all know what I mean. Like, not even like, I'm not even talking about that, but I'm talking about 8%. Then again, 8%. (laughs) Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be fat phobic or whatever they say, but. Because you're not fat. (laughs) Um, But he ain't, he ain't below 8%. He must be at 7.99, bro, because ain't no way he following heat culture, bro. (laughs) As my my friend um, Tatiana texted me as I was watching the game, who's that that guy that put up the ball? He's thick. I don't need to know that in the middle of the game. I don't need to know that either. I don't need to know that in the middle of the game. But But, (laughs) I'm just just making jokes about heat culture because they be making exceptions. But that (laughs) – um, PJ Tucker didn't play well, well in game seven, but the way he played at the, down the stretch of game six, he, I, that's a series. Obviously, y'all know how I felt about the Warriors Mavericks series because I've expressed that many times here. Um, I just don't think the Mavericks are a good basketball team, but the Heat or the Celtics, I, I really just want to see one. I wanted to see one of them get over the hump. Sorry, he had to go out like that, but. But it's also like they playing every other day. I don't think I could play men's league every other day. Yeah, they that, seven games in fourteen days. Like, have you done? Have you any of you guys done bat, like a basketball camp where you had to come? That was like <laughs> that's crazy. But you're that playing multiple crazy. games a day, and you're not playing at an NBA level. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I was tired. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's crazy. That's what yeah. I'm. Yeah, no, I, I know. Yeah, but not yet. It's it's. Oh uh, man, the two fan bases. If we want to talk about that, the Warriors and the Celtics, it's like it's weird because it's like old money versus new money type thing, and it's like like Celtics always trying to get that old thing back, and it's like y'all y'all really playing with house money, uh, you know. And then the Warriors, you know, they they new money. They don't understand what they don't remember. When they was eating uh, ramen noodles back in the day <laughs> with Baron Davis and Monty Ellis, but, uh, Chase Center now, but you know that's an interesting dichotomy. But nah, but now Ryan know about getting that old thing back with them Yankees. You <laughs> know about getting there. that. We're a couple months away from that. We're not there yet. We're not uh, there yet. That's what I'm saying. Every year they trying to get that old thing back. Shit, we just we just trying to figure out what we have to do with one of our pitches out here wilding. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we got there. Um, I guess we get it a little bit into game seven. Um it was a the Celtics were fairly in control through three and a half quarters. And then as, as the aforementioned Jimmy Butler showed up late in that game and made it 
a closer game than it probably should have been at that point in time. But I guess we, we can get into the, the sequence that everybody has been, I guess, talking about analyzing. They analyzed it on the broadcast. There's a point late in the game. The, the Heat are down by, I believe, they're down by two. They have an opportunity. They're on a fast break. They have an opportunity to either tie the game or take the lead. And Jimmy Butler goes and takes what appears to be a heat check three, no pun intended. Um, Is that a, as a, from a parent fan perspective, if you are a fan of the Miami heat, would you be upset that he took that shot? I guess. So like, I just think about it as like a fan of sports, I guess. Like, I'd be like, dang, why he shoot that? Like, dang, what if it went in or whatever? So, like, it's easy to, like, kind of be like, oh, nah, he should have drove or whatever. But I don't know, like, we we like that in, like, certain people. Like, what is Vince Lombardi famous for? Like, he went for two in the ice ball, right? Or he went for that touchdown in the ice ball. Like, Tom Osborne, even though he lost, like, his calling card was he went for two against Miami, right? So, like, and even, like, your boy Reggie Miller, right? What do they say on that 30 for 30? The presence of mind, the presence of mind. To go for three instead of two. So, even though he had plenty of time on the clock, even once he got the ball the second time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with the thing. Like, I mean, he was going to play. So, it was either going to be, like, he was going to play 53 minutes or, yeah. So, what, I mean... It'd have been cool to see that. It'd be like, oh, that's clutch. And then they would have lost in overtime. So I don't know. I don't know if it matters. But yeah, if he going, I mean, if he gonna go out, go out, you know. So game seven, all, all of it's on the line. So now if he had hit that, they'd have been like, oh, <laughs> oh. Right. Nah, but you know, that's what it is. So. He's the guy that has to take the shot, though. You know. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of agree with James. Like, I think, you know, as a Heat fan, you know, Jimmy was literally probably the biggest reason you were even in, like, the last two games. So if whatever Jimmy does, you kind of just live with it because that's the guy that's going to get you the promised land. Um, as if the shot was – I mean, as if on the optics of the shot. Personally, I don't think the shot was bad because he hit, like, a similar shot at the end of the first half that helped cut the deficit that they were already facing. I just don't think it was the right play because I feel like, yes, even though Al Horford is sagging off of you, literally last game, Jimmy Butler drives in on Al Horford, puts his body into him, gets a layup and gets the end one. I just feel even if let's say you drive down the lane, Al, Al Horford fouls you, it's two free throws and it's Jimmy Butler. He's not going to miss him. Uh, and he, he might. I mean, okay, he might. Hey, well, but... He played 48 minutes. He might miss him. You know, I don't know. I don't no, know. Yeah, I get you. And Al, no, I don't mean to interrupt, but Al Horford's like seven feet tall. That's, that's tough if you gas, you know? So yeah, he's like, true. man, I can hit this or no. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, nah, uh, I mean, the only thing I was going to say else was I just would have preferred him to drive because even if you, let's say you wanted a three, if you drive and Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum comes off their matchup, you could get Victor Oladipo or uh, Max Struess for an open three. So I just, I feel like the best option was to drive, even if it wasn't to necessarily take the layup, I guess would be my thing. Well, I mean, 
if it goes in, we talking like, oh, okay, that's I mean, that's that's gussy. Cause Anthony Davis had that in the bubble. They were down by one. They pulled up, they end up like, what do you what do you do? What was that? Like they drew it up for a three. Like it's like it went in. So it's what it, I, Y'all remember, y'all remember that, right? He, yeah, I remember. I just, they were, they were, I just feel like uh, it was different. They were, that was a five-game series. They weren't in danger of losing the series. No, nah, I mean, but they might have been – they would have been down to one if they had missed that. Yeah. That's what I was saying. So it was like – but no, I got you. I mean, it is what it is. I, mean. I just I, – I, so it, it, I go back and forth on this because, like, obviously – um, we haven't mentioned him, Jason Tatum. He, he was wearing, you know, the Kobe armband. And that's the type of thing that Kobe would do. Kobe would take the shot. But if I'm thinking about what is probably the better basketball play, and I wanted to look it up to make sure that I was that I wasn't getting this wrong, but he was one for four from three for that game. He like Jimmy Miller is not a bad three-point shooter, but he's not a great three-point shooter. And I understand that he's tired, but I just think it's a it's a, you have a better shot of making free throws that those two free throws at that point in the time in the game than him hitting that three. And yeah, I understand he's gonna get the two free throws. That's a big assumption. I just I don't I just don't think because we're also talking about him being tired. Al Horford at that point in the game in that transition, I feel like he could he could get that foul. I feel like he could draw him into that foul and just and who who knows? Who know, like we we don't Truly not. I just don't see Al Horford getting a clean block on that. Like, I just don't see him at that point in time. Maybe he had some superhuman moment. He's like, we're going to the finals. And and that happens. But I just don't see him hitting it. But at the end of the at the end of the day, I don't think that changes the game. Like, I, I don't think that's what lost in the game. What lost in the game is being down 15 throughout the majority of the game and having yeah, to. That's, that's tough. I mean, there's also the thing of, you know, we talked about how Jimmy Butler has done a good job of elevating this Heat team. We don't really talk about, you know, the players in the league that get max contracts that don't deserve it. You know, we bring up like Ben Simmons or like James Harden possibly getting a max. We kind of just forget Bam Adebayo has a max contract. And I don't. I didn't forget nothing. (laughs) And, shoot, Mickey Harrison got enough money. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> Mickey Arison cool. He cool. He cool down in South Beach. Bam man bio need his M's. He good. But I mean, nah, nah, I know. I'm just teasing. He, he I mean, from a team building, from a team building perspective, like nah, that the Miami he gonna have to, he gonna have to uh, make some choices. Yeah, because Robinson, legend at the bank, is 90 mil, and he didn't really play. And then Kyle Lowry. He got his extension, you know. He didn't play either. All them guys were like, you know, so we – I mean, they have contracts to – they'll figure it out, but I don't think Bam's money is, like, the problem. I don't think his money is the problem. I just think the way he played is – that. that's – he had six points <laughs> in game – he had six points in game six, and I'm yeah. pretty sure he had, a, he had at least one or two other games where he had single digits. He not – he he a good number two. So what? Yeah, what but even number two, you gotta have more than six points. I guess Tatum had eight in game three. I mean, but yeah, like 
but I looked at Bam's average. Like Jimmy Butler averaged like what 25, 26 points. And then the next player was like Bam and he averaged 15. Like there's just the drop off. Brown. Brown had 25. Yeah, 25. Man. Yeah. Even with eight, how much did Tatum have? 25. 25. Because he had an eight-point game. Yeah. So. Also, but out of bio, we got to start. Like, there's got to come a point where he has to be. Either you have to establish that he's going to be the guy or we got. Because Jimmy Butler is what? How old? 30. Yeah. Yeah. This ain't going to be Jimmy Butler forever, especially the way that he and Kyle Lowry play. This ain't going to be them forever. But they, they'll get another free agent. They're going to be cool. We assume that. We are assuming that. Cool, but I mean, the Heat, is, the Heat have always been competitive. So I'm, I don't know why you wouldn't assume that. I just you know, don't. So if you got the infrastructure, that's fine. Unless you're pulling Embiid down there. He's, Embiid seemed like the most excited person to want to go down there. Ooh, that's another one. I don't know who, but they they gonna be they gonna be there. All right. So I mean I I mean heat I mean you know heat culture heat culture. culture. <laughs> hey, nah, you gonna have me say something crazy? <laughs> oh boy, y'all saw my tweet the other day about the about Pat Riley. Oh man, Pat Riley, he be having them in check, bro. Right. <laughs> nah, but no, I mean it should be. I mean, he's going to be there. I mean, game seven, you never know. But but it's not like – I think it's a little bit different historically than, like, let's say, like, the Pacers make a game seven against the Heat or the Celtics, stuff like that. Like, you know, like, if they run it back, they probably – like, the Celtics are better, but it's not a foregone conclusion anymore because, like, there's not a generational player like that anymore uh, i mean Giannis, but even Giannis had trouble without middleton you know what i'm saying so you know, so if you get hit hot from three and you can take a team to seven games it's kind of all bets are off so it's a little bit different on on thursday the the celtics will open up the nba finals um in the bay we set up with the uh Blanket term, so we don't have to say that because they moved out of Oakland. But they will be playing the Golden State Warriors, who took down the Mavericks in five games. I was kind of upset that it wasn't four games because um, I remember we were talking during game game four, and I was shocked to come downstairs and find out they were down by 25 points. But nevertheless, the Warriors are back in the NBA Finals. Klay Thompson is back in the NBA Finals, which is shocking considering that the man has not came back and played 20 games this regular season after not playing for almost three years. It's, the fact that he's even on the court is ridiculous, but... You ready? Um, you ready? Huh? You ready Bill Simmons in person? You ready? Oh, God. Hey, hey Ryan, you think uh, a little uh, Tuck World Revenge series? Huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, Oakland, Oakland, Boston, yeah, little Tuck Rule Revenge series. Uh, I, I mean, we'll get into a minute. I don't, I really don't know who's going to win this series. (laughs) I truly do not understand who's going to win this series. I don't even know who I want to win this series. 
because going back, going, I I can bear the Warriors fan base a little bit more because I don't I don't interact with Warriors fans on a day-to-day basis. Oh, you don't? But I like the Celtics team more than I like the Warriors oh, team. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like seeing Nia Long at the games. I like seeing little Deuce oh. at the games. I like I like seeing I like I like the Celtics team. Nah, we're not gonna let the Celtics do this Duke rebrand where we be like, oh yeah, it's cool to root for the Celtics now. Like, no, Why can't you do the Duke rebrand? You got the Duke player. You got the, the Duke, Duke player. Okay, bro. All right, bro. All right, we're not doing that. Neil Long is on the sidelines of the game. I don't know how much more of a rebound you can get from get other than that. I I need no. Nah, I was just. They got a that's black. That's sad, kid. bro. That's sad. We didn't took the the Warriors out of Oakland, so now I gotta I gotta uh man, I gotta go ahead and root for the seas. I guess, bro. Oh, goodness. Um, nah, it's, it's funny. You be you talk about uh you said you didn't uh. Come in contact with the uh nah with the uh Warriors fans, man. I know all about Warriors fans. I know all about them. Them Sundays, man. Them sun uh, I guess they don't count no more, but man, them the same Oakland fans that be throwing batteries on the field, man. Uh man. It's a little cleaned up now that they in Vegas, but I'm telling you, they throw you a drink at your players. I'm telling you, that's that's the Warriors fan base. I, I know and love, or I know and respect at the very least. <laughs> Jumping people at the Coliseum. That's that's the that's the Warriors fan base. But I don't know who these new people are in San Francisco, but that's the old that's the that's the new money. That's the tech money. That's the new money. Ah, boo. Forgot where they came from. <laughs> nah, bro. I'm telling you, man. Y- y'all ever see them videos where the Cavs, the people from Cleveland, was trying to go and talk shit to them to, at Oakland? It's like, hey, bro, this ain't. I was like, dang, you just, they're like, this ain't what you want. I'm telling you, I play them people twice a year, bro. They come to Arrowhead to fight. Okay, it's not, it's not anything you want with that, bro. I'm telling you, you don't want to fight them people in Vegas either. Just... Exactly, exactly. Notice if it was Oakland. I like Charles Berkeley. Awesome. If it was Oakland that ain't through that, he'd have sat right back down. That's all I got to say. No, that Charles Barkley would fight. That's true, but. Charles Barkley was ready to fight Shaquille O'Neal. I believe that. That's true. <laughs> Good counterpoint. <But> also, <laughs> Oakland people have enough respect to not throw stuff at Charles Barkley. Yeah, because most, I mean, most fans like Charles Barkley. That's true. But back to, back to the, the topic at hand, the, the Golden State Warriors. They're back in the finals for the first time since 2019. Um, back with a new cast. Uh, the core three is the same. Actually, the core four, because Steve Kerr is back with the team. But you now have the addition of Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, um, and so on and so forth. Actually, core five, because you got Andre Godalo is still there. So we got that five of them still, still on the team. But you do have a new contributors, I guess is what you can say. You got new contributors. Who do you think will win in a one-on-one, Udonis Haslam or Andre Iguodala? See, I'm trying to get back on top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, my boy. I'm sorry. Um, but I guess we can we can go in two directions with this. We obviously we saw how far Luca can take this team. Um, we also saw 
where this Warriors team was able to, I guess, have more success, but still struggle. Because I think, um, I guess in a minute, we'll talk about them playing the Celtics. One of the things that kind of troubled me at the end of the series is their inability to close people out on the road. They had, they couldn't, obviously took a, just an incredible performance from the Grizzlies in the last series. They got into this series. They nearly got blown out in game five. I mean, game, yeah, game four of this series, but they came back at the end. You don't need to, you don't need to close out some games if, if this is what you want to do, but yes, what, what are you going to say? I hate to do a cross sports reference, but you were talking about it earlier. I think it's the Chiefs thing with the Warriors, if that makes sense. Like it's like, nah, they don't close people out. It's like, nah, they playing one possession games because it's a different league. You feel me? So, like, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think that's a decent analogy. But, I mean, they they closing people out. They just got to do it with twos. They got to do it with the mid-range. They got to do it with a timely stop. They playing regular basketball, and I think we're not used to seeing that from the Warriors, especially with Steph Curry, because he'd be going ballistic sometimes. He'd be like, dang, that 15, that 15 looked like 30. You can't, you can't get there, man. So, but it's I think that's what you're talking about a little bit. Would you a little agree? bit? I'm a little bit, but I I think more what I'm getting out is where they're closing people out at. Okay. I think that's why I may lean towards them because they do have home court advantage. It's the fact that they are not closing people out on the road, I guess is my, I don't know how that's going to play. Cause we just saw the Celtics win a game seven on the road. I know. I mean, I don't think it's going to go seven. I was talking to Jeremy about this the other day. But I mean, they playing in that coffee shop across the way. I'm not worried about like Golden State Warrior, like like home field or home court advantage. Like that don't count. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a I little. Think, I think it's bro. gonna matter in this series. You think it's gonna matter? I think it's gonna matter in this series. I don't know about that. Like, like, wait, like it's not the same. Like if go if Golden State was still in Oakland, if it was in the Oracle, I'd be like, all right, yeah, don't. We got these games and it's tough. And it's, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I think that's neutral site, basically. To be honest. Well, I mean, I was gonna say I don't think it's going to be like a gigantic indicator because Boston have been amazing on the road in the playoffs. I think they've won seven games on the road so far. And also, Boston don't lose games at home. Man. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. That's what I'm, I'm worried about the this. Warriors. I'm will, worried about I mean, the Warriors. The war, okay, the Warriors at Oracle and the Warriors at Chase are like two different issues. If you like, okay, during this run, they haven't lost games at home. No, nah, no doubt. I'm with you. But like, I don't trust in like the Oracle. Like, if you give me like Chase Center or like that parquet, it's not a game, bro. It's not like, like, bro, like Boston be cheating at home. Don't you know? Don't you know? They stopped the clock. Here we go. Okay. I'm telling you, bro, they be stopping the clock. They got dead spots on the court. Ain't no new stadium keeping up with that. So I'm I'm guessing you are picking the Celtics to win. I got the Celtics in five, bro. In five? Whoa. 
I got them in five only because they're going to lose the first game because they went seven the last series. Mm. I'm telling you, man. We Okay, what? Okay, what? What is Steph Curry finna do? If he if he shows out and he if we talking about all this top ten talk, right? What he finna do? Okay, so I'm I'm pressuring the ball because they they might play a little zone, but they're not gonna really play zone. They're gonna like you know if you got Marcus Smart on them and then you switch, oh Browns on you, oh switch, we got Tatum on you, okay. I mean, we're going to run through, okay, but we got people chasing you, young legs chasing you. All right. Good luck with that, Steph. And then are we counting on Clay Thompson to be finals MVP? Like I said in the last series and the series before, you just need one game where he's going to play like he did, and he's done that in the last two series. That's what I'm saying. But who they had to match it? Boston got people to match it. So Clay give you 35 and Tatum give you 30. That's only a five point difference. You didn't waste it a clay game. So what what are we doing? I'm just saying they're going to figure it out. We saying that because they're the Warriors. I'm just asking. I I, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying what you're bringing up isn't legitimate. I'm just no, saying the last two series we've had this conversation. Who's going to make up for this? Who's going to make up for that? And every single time they have found a way to figure it out. Yeah, because Jaw was up. And then, they, you know, they blew him out with John with game three. I was gonna John say, was no, it's true, but if you know, they did, they did lose by fifty-five. But I that's that is, and that's my fear. I I don't think that has to do with them feeling. I think they have trouble closing people. They have had. And I'm, and I'm the person who said it all counts to some. Like I'm not, I'm not overly worried, but I'm like, uh, you can't put the battery in in the in the boss in Boston's back. Like, we talk about, okay, we talk about young people, right? But they young with experience, man. They've been there. They've been there. They ain't been to the finals, okay? They haven't played Golden State, okay? Celtics. One, we need to stop saying the Celtics. Their they're top two players are young. I feel you. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, Al Horford been in playoff series, right? Marcus Smart been in the league eight years, right? Tatum. Go toe-to-toe with LeBron, dunked on him. Okay, they didn't work out, but that's what happened. Brown, you know, he been – we talking about 60-some playoff games under his belt, okay? And then Tice, he know the system. He's going to be big in the middle. He's going to shoot that three a little bit. All that, you know, so, so you know, the only person I worry about is, like, Ume, maybe. Or, so, okay, yeah, but he, there's an organizational philosophy there, so we know what's up, so. You know, and you know, Neil Long gonna get him right, so we good. <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. That wasn't an innuendo. I was just I was just saying, yeah, you, if you married to Neil Long, you obviously have the also company. we need we need to stop. They are not married. <laughs> <laughs> They're together, they are not married. They are not married. Thank you, church wife. I'm just saying they not. I don't have a problem. With them. Like, my damn. parents ain't married. That's what I'm saying. What it matter? What? No, but we keep saying they, they married in their soul. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just fucking. No, yeah, no. I, I, I got, I got Boston in five. Uh, just cause, man. Sometimes when it goes down, it goes down ugly. Like historically, like '91 Lakers, obviously. 
You don't have Michael Jordan on the other side. I feel you. 91 Lakers. Uh, 2013 or 2014 Heat. Uh, Kobe's Lakers took that sweep. That was pretty much that was it. So I think it's I think it's end of the road for uh, Golden State. That's how I feel about it. But we'll see. I mean, the thing with Boston is, as a person that's been watching them all season, their big problem is, at times, their offense just kind of goes, like, completely nil, like nothing, zip. They can't get anything from it. And a lot of that comes from when they double-team and collapse on Tatum. Tatum has to kick it out, and they got to make the threes. Sometimes it works, like against Brooklyn, where Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard and everybody was hitting the shots. Other times... Like in game six in Miami, I mean, game six against Miami and game seven late with like two minutes to go, Tatum's kicking it out to smart and he missed like five open threes. Like it's just, they need to hit their shots in order to make sure that Golden State doesn't try to come back. Cause if you give Golden State life, they will come back. But I'm, I'm glad you guys kind of brought up the uh, blowout against Memphis because I think that's part of the reason I'm confident in Boston. Like when you look at how Golden State played against every other team in the league, the team that gave him the most trouble wasn't Luka Doncic or Jokic, who had MVP caliber players. It was like that jawless Memphis team. And that's because a lot of, without jaw, they were able to play a lot more switching defense and didn't have to worry about like a matchup discrepancy. And I think that is kind of the defense that Boston plays on a game in game out basis. So I think that's probably going to be an interesting matchup to see, you know, what Boston decides to do with Grant Williams and Al Horford and Robert Williams, who defends who and if that switching defense can hold up against the Golden State Warriors offense. Um, overall, I'd probably go Boston in six. Like I said, Boston's been a really good road team, so I'm not too deferred by the fact that they don't have a home court advantage. They just have to make sure that they don't go on those offensive lulls that almost killed them against Miami. Golden State got to win game one. They've been on the break on that. And well, there's a Draymond situation where – Oh boy! Somebody might give him some buckets, but we not, we not, we don't. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disparage Draymond. I'm not gonna say nothing. But Al Horford, man, Al Horford, a big dude, man, and he like rejuvenated, bro. I don't, I don't know what happened to Al, bro. Al took that time at OKC. He was icing his legs every day, I guess. But hey. I've been going back and forth on Celtics and six or Warriors and seven. I'm leaning towards Celtics and six. Um, largely because of what I said earlier, I don't, I think we're going to get to a point where I, I just don't, I have, I have questions on the Warriors ability to do it night in and night out. Like I said, if you get a game from Clay, you can take that game. You get a game from Steph or Jordan Poole, you can take that game. I have questions about their ability to do it repeatedly, even with rest. Um that that's my biggest that's my biggest worry. I know so I'm leaving the Celtics and six, but I I don't think I, I disagree with James on the sense that I don't I don't think this is going to be like a fall off series. I think this is going to be a very tight series. Yeah, um, I, 
I, I mean, I'm with you. I also think like people are saying like, oh, well, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are just going to have a bowl. Like, no, I don't think y'all have been watching the Warriors defense. Like, yeah, Draymond Green. I know a lot of people love his name. Andrew Wiggins has been amazing defensively in the playoffs. Like what he was able to do with Luka in some of the short spurts that he defended him. Like he was really good. Gary Payton's going to be back for the finals, apparently. Like, I don't think for either team this is going to be easy, but I think in the end I'd probably still lean Celtics. Man, it's still crazy got to be what they say is. I think if you give 80% of Steph Curry, you, you're, you, I will take that. If Golden State wins, who's going to be finals MVP? At, at, at this rate, it would have to either be Steph or Jordan Poole at this point. Jordan Poole won the finals MVP. I don't ever want to hear him. <laughs> I was gonna say, is there a chance like it might be Wiggins because they do the whole, you know? No, we're not doing. He <laughs> <laughs> has one good season where he lives up to the fact that he was a lottery pick, and now all of a sudden I'm supposed to say he's a Finals MVP. No. <laughs> it took like I don't want to say it took you long enough because everybody progresses at their own rate. But we're not gonna. I'm not gonna act like I didn't see what I saw in, in Minnesota. He was he was like 25 a game. Though, but it was, he was 25 a game. He was wildly inefficient. We'd be like, this is 90s. And then we saw that man. We then we see that man in the playoffs. Yeah, he was in a hostile work it environment with Jimmy Butler. That, that I don't have to talk about like mentality because you know sometimes that be racist, but. He would look so like disengaged, but you that Minnesota team though, bro. Like that's a hostile environment. <laughs> that's not no hostile environment. They Jimmy told you what that was, man. Them dudes wasn't working on nothing. That's why. Yeah, happened. so it was hostile for them. <laughs> it's a hostile act. <laughs> right, like, that that practice story by Jimmy Butler is one of the greatest. <laughs> I'm telling you, what are the great three? Okay, Minnesota. In general, is crazy. The three greatest in our lifetime, right? We're the three greatest, like Minnesota, uh, uh, Timberwolves moments. You got 04, they make the Western Conference Finals, right? Okay. The other two are playing games, man. <laughs> it's uh, it's literally like they make it on the last thing, the eighth seed, right, with Jimmy Butler. Which is crazy. I understand why Jimmy Butler was frustrated, and also Pat Bev crying on the scorers' table because they made it into the playing game. Like, what? What is that? I, I don't know. A Rod ought to be ashamed for for multiple reasons, but especially that you're gonna buy that team. Like, come on, bro. You just you don't even care about basketball. Like- if if you buying the Timberwolves, you don't care about basketball. You're just trying to get your money up. I so I have. I have a little bit better memory because I remember I think every year from the year I was born to the year that they made the Western Conference Finals, they were in the playoffs every year. Okay. So they made like – there was like a six-year, seven-year period. They lost in the first round every time. Why? Why were they in the why? Because of Kevin Garnett and Stephon Marbury. And then they was – they was And Steph, don't don't sleep on Stephon Marbury early years. That's true. Oh, so – oh, wow. Way, way to disrespect Sam Cassell. I'm not disrespecting Sam Cassell. You know I did not disrespect. 
Do you know? I did not is? disrespect Sam Cassell. You know who disrespected Sam Cassell when they would vote it on the ugliest player of the year every year on TNT, and he won like three years in a row. That's when he got disrespected. Not. I don't want no problems with Sam Cassell. <laughs> Anybody who learned from Vernon Maxwell, <laughs> I don't want no problems with that. Robert Ory. They had Latrell Sprewell on that team too. Huh? They had Latrell Sprewell on a couple of those. Latrell. Oh man, Latrell was. <laughs> oh man, he was. He was throat grabbing. <laughs> anyway, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> I mean, that's that's it's what happened. <laughs> PJ he choked, probably coach. Deserved it. <laughs> he choked somebody. He choked. Nah, PJ probably deserved it though. Why yeah. they? That's racist right there. Why they suspend him fifty games for choking? People? You can't put your hands on your boss at work. <laughs> at no nah, workplace is nah, not allowed. Nah, because Isaiah Thomas, because Isaiah Thomas choked his coach in the actual game and then get fifty games for it. It doesn't mean he didn't get all free. He didn't get all free. For he that. didn't get fifty games. So what if it was your 50 games? Okay. You gonna get suspended if you put your hands on your you are no, but 50 games though, that's crazy. They act like they act like he sold a slave. Like, what are we talking about? How tall and big is Isaiah Thomas? I know. How big and tall is Latrell Sprewell? Okay, PJ Carlissimo ain't small. Yeah, but Latrell Sprewell choking you is a whole lot different than Isaiah Thomas choking you. Nah, because his name Latrell Sprewell. Isaiah <laughs> <laughs> Thomas been wilding since the eighties. We not about to. Act. That's what I'm saying. They stay. They stay wilding out, bro. Like, wait, come on, bro. Stop, bro. Um, I think that's a good place to take a break. Um, uh, we'll be back in a minute to talk a little bit more about basketball. The Lakers have a new coach. Sugar Bowl has been moved to New Year's Eve, which pisses me off in ways that I cannot explain. Um, Colin Kaepernick has been given a tryout, and we have oh, some news about we have some news to offer you. And also, I'll recap. You know, my time at Barclays, at the Barclays Center. Are you want you want me to do one real, real quick? I, I do a closing. Colin it. Kaepernick. It pissed me off. Learn out why. <laughs> Not for the reason you think. More after this. What's up, y'all? It's Ryan Shepard. And before we get into our next segment, I do want to talk to you about Anchor. That's right, Anchor. That's our distribution and recording platform for free. That's right, F R E E dot 99, free 99. You can upload your podcast right now to the biggest streaming platforms. That's right, Spotify, Apple, you name it. And you can do it for free. As I said before, it's freaking free. So why not do it? Go on to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M and get your podcast started right now. And you'll be recording and uploading in no time. And you'll see your podcast, your show, your creation, your baby on the biggest platforms in the world. So why not do it? That's right. Go to anchor.fm right now. For now, let's get back into our show, which is recorded and distributed using Anchor. Peace. And we are back. Um, so I guess we can wrap up basketball uh, by talking about the fact that the Lakers have a new coach. And LeBron is excited about it for now. Um, earlier this week, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers hired Darvin Ham as their new head coach. Uh, he was an assistant coach for... Milwaukee Bucks. He also played 
eight seasons in the NBA, and he also played in the NBA, or I guess the NBDL, as it was called back then. And That's the a throwback, not the NBDL. The Philippine Basketball Association. He's also from, can you guess what city he's from? He's from a city in Michigan. Saginaw Pride, say what, say what. <laughs> Shout out Jalen Rose. <laughs> um, but it does, it does appear that LeBron James is excited about this. I guess we, we talk a little bit about betting on this show. Does Darvin Hyam make it through the season as a Lakers head coach? <laughs> Is Westbrook playing? <laughs> we don't know if Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook is going to force his way out of there. If I'm Russell Westbrook, I'm getting out of here. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, he should make it through the season. I mean, afterwards, all bets are off, but he should make it through. Uh, this doesn't fix the make Lakers' main problem, though, which is they're old as heck. The ones that are young aren't very good. And despite nobody really wanting to talk about with AD, in the last four seasons, he's had one where he ended the season, and it was the one where he literally had like a two- to three-month gap in between. They just need shooting, though. They need shooting. They probably – we I was talking about this the other day, like – they probably need to build their stuff like the Cavs back in the day because, like, you if you think about it, like, they had shooting, though. Like, the Cavs had shooting. They just ran up against, like, KD and the Monstars. But, they, I mean, they they were a viable, like, contender. Oh, I thought when you said back in the day, I thought she, I thought she was talking about Oh, Craig you meant – you thought Craig I meant Daniel Marshall? No. No, bro. I thought you meant Craig Elo. <laughs> back in the day. What? No, that no. I'm talking about you know, the last LeBron team. I don't know. Craig Elo, Craig Elo can shoot. Don't get me started. <laughs> I was yeah. Anyway, um, but, yeah. But to um, follow up on what um, Gerald said, the Lakers. This is coming from Mark Stein. Um, Lakers plan to keep Russell Westbrook. LA refuses to give up "quote unquote" additional assets to send him out. Westbrook is expected to exercise his forty-seven million dollar player option for next season. I don't know what additional assets they have to give up. That is, that's what it is. Uh, that is hilarious. He is the additional asset, but <laughs> um, he's not walking away from fifty mil though. So. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are we there to talk about? It's yeah, like when uh, Melo went to OKC and they were like, you going to give up the option? He's like, huh? What? Man, I just got divorced. <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to. Also, who, whoever copped that Melo Atlanta Hawks jersey, you a legend. Don't <laughs> Um, Elsewhere in the world of sports, we heard from uh, – James's guy, Patrick Mahomes, um, he was asked about what changes have happened in the offense since Tyreek Hill left. <laughs> you know what I thought you was about to say? <laughs> I would, nah, we ain't going to go there, but I thought you was about to say something. And on Thursday, Patrick Mahomes said that's what um, – he was asked about, again, about 
how the offense is going to look without Tyreek Hill. And he said, that's what you're going to see if this offense this year, it's going to be everybody. It's not going to, it's not all going to be one guy. Obviously Travis Kelsey is still going to get a lot of completions, a lot of yards, but the whole receiving room is going to have big days. And that can be something we use in our advantage. It's a very deep receiving room. It's hard to tell which guys are going to make it because we've got so many good receivers that's what you want. You want that competition. You want guys competing every single day, competing every single day to make the roster because they're going to help us in the end. Yeah, it's looking. I don't know, bro. I don't know. We'll see. I think they're going to make it work. Points per possession. They've been top three last three years. And remember last year, they weren't really hitting the 40-yard plays. It, but, you know, obviously uh, Tyreek can catch and run as well and go deep. So that's going to be something they're going to deal with. But don't forget, I mean, this is the same offense that gave week one Sammy, Sammy Watkins, you know, Hall of Fame fantasy football guy, you know. Yeah, so. then he was trash for the rest of the season. But that's not I know, but week one, bro, he, he had one. But you talk, you, you know, that's week one, 180. So that could be somebody. That could be. Scantlin can still definitely get behind the defense, especially if they're not gonna play the cover two. So we'll see. I mean, when you got the guys, when you got the guy, when you got one five, you know, it's kind of and then don't forget me Cole. I'm looking at my boy Miko. He gonna he he playing for a second contract. He definitely gonna have a we're looking at eleven hundred, maybe twelve hundred yards from him, man. All per, I mean, don't even play with me. So and then you got Rojo, and then you got – you already know, the offensive guys, the offense is going to be the offense. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be that. So, stay tuned. That's all I got to say. Who's going to be the number one receiver? Well, I'm um, – Now, what are you going to say? Travis Kelsey, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> what, Travis Kelsey's good for, what, 1,200 yards a year. So, what, that's more than – if you name a number one receiver, I can tell you it's more than him. There, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's more than him. Julio Jones, that's more than him. AJ Brown, that's more than him. Julio Jones don't play, and okay. AJ barely finishes the season. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, so, so who who the top five receivers? Uh, that would. Oh, you? Oh, um, Adams, right? Diggs, right? I guess Evans probably in yards, but I think he probably has Evans beat. Okay. Uh, oh, Reek. um, uh, Jet, Jet, yeah, yeah, and Reek, yeah. So, we're talking, you know, so we got they're just gonna play a different style, like it's it's okay. I mean, they're gonna put the points up on the board, like, yeah. it don't matter how you get it done, you just gotta cross the goal line, you know what I'm saying? So, I'm just saying, I have but Travis Kelsey definitely gonna be the number one receiver. I'm just saying I have confidence in this because it's Patrick Mahomes, not because of the receivers room. I don't have. All right. When you start talking about when you start talking about dudes, I don't know. You know, we got so many guys in the receivers room, and we don't know who's going to make the team yet. That's when I start getting worried. That is that is kind of worrying. Uh, but is it weird though that you know you just went on a diatribe of who you got in the off season? You just forgot about Juju. <laughs> in the slot. That's what I'm saying. So, you know what I mean? I don't, 
Don't worry. We're gonna we we see if he's the number one receiver. I'm not. I'm not. He ain't gotta him. be the number one receiver. Someone's gotta be the number one Someone's receiver. You don't. You don't have to have. Okay, so what about them years, Gerald, in New England, where uh, Wes Welker was the number one receiver? Like, what are we? What are we talking about? Y'all can't keep no. Y'all do this all the time. What what Tom about? Brady was doing is not natural. <laughs> Man, like after Moss, it wasn't like. You just need a deep threat, and you need somebody who. What? Okay, and you're proving. I don't, I don't understand what are we what are we arguing? Are you saying, like, is somebody gonna be a all pro this year? I'm, I am. I am arguing that we need to stop asking Patrick Mahomes about his wide receivers because this is going to work because it's Patrick Mahomes, not because of the wide receivers in the room. One hand washes the other, though. You feel me? He, he Not nothing. Nobody. The receivers got bigger too. So what do we? And don't let Justin Ross make the team. Okay. Okay. Don't let him make the team. If we're All talking about someone, team. if we're talking about someone, we ha- we're not sure is going to make the team. I'm not that's putting my faith in that. Though. Like that's that's the only hanger. And we got the, and we got Sky on second. Bro, come on. Okay. Okay, we're well, y'all do this every year with the Chiefs, man. We don't no. do this every year with the Chiefs. We do this every year with the Chiefs. You act like everybody hates the Chiefs. Also, every no, year Tyreek Hill doesn't leave the Chiefs. <laughs> okay, every year Tyreek Hill doesn't play 17 games. So when Tyreek Hill doesn't play 17 games, there's still W's on the board. They still – it's a different offense, yeah, but they still – come on, bro. Bro, we running the ball this year. Don't even play with me, bro. Y'all going to be like, oh. Don't don't play, man. Look, as a person who watched Ronald Jones in Tampa, if you want to live through okay. Ronald Jones, bro, that's but it's not just gonna be Ronald Jones. I got you. I got you. All right. I got you. You got Ronald Jones, Clyde, and you're gonna have a third back. So what? Come on, bro. Wait, you know, you already know, bro. We was putting up numbers with Alex Smith, bro. Come on, don't even. We ain't even. We ain't, why are we having this discussion in May? <laughs> Sounds like somebody's nervous. <laughs> Ryan, okay, Ryan. Ryan, worry about worry about worry about Sierra. Worry about Russell. I Wilson. worry about Sierra every day. I hope Sierra's <laughs> a wonderful day. All uh, I'm saying is worry about them. Okay, go ahead. Worry about where where are your wide receivers at. Oh, you? Why do you think I'm talking yo, to you right now? I'm trying to emphasize with you. I ain't got none. <laughs> I'm talking to Ryan. Where you oh, and I'm saying that? I have faith in it for the same reason I have faith in the Chiefs because of the quarterback, not because of who's in the wide receivers room. Because you know why? Because our wide our wide receivers can't stay out of jail. <laughs> I mean, neither can ours. But I don't know what we say. At least you're not Las Vegas, right? For a- hey, for athletes, <laughs> unless you do something bad, jail only work Monday to Saturday. Sunday they be on the field. So I'm not worried about it. Uh, but uh, moving elsewhere in the AFC West, uh, Colin Kaepernick was brought in for a workout with uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said the Oakland Raiders again. Um, it was said that the, that the workout was quote unquote positive, uh, but no deal is imminent. Um, so they why are did that issue off, James. I'll tell you why. Nah. <laughs> I'm just mad because I can't get a Kaepernick jersey. <laughs> I ain't wearing a Raiders jersey. We not either. 
Oh, well. I, I wonder if they if they still got them Nike jerseys, I'll, I'll get one of them. I wouldn't even do it. If you associated with the Raiders, I'd probably uh, – I'll just see you later. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's a guy, like, I really like from the Raiders. Randy Moss is the closest thing, but, like, I love – he's my favorite Raider because he actively made the Raiders worse, which is what I hope for every single Raider that ever plays for them. <laughs> I hope the Raiders go 0-17 next year. <laughs> what is wrong with you? No, I can't stand him. I can't stand him. Well, um, shout out to Darren Waller. I like Darren Waller. Uh, yeah, I, I respect Darren Waller's story. <laughs> I can tell you, I do not like Darren Waller. Can I tell you? Um, moving along, um, as we get closer to the hour mark, um, I do want to mention that the Sugar Bowl was moved to December thirty first. Um. Off of January 1st, because we can't have it conflict with an NFL game. Like it. Like it. <sighs> um, the Sugar Bowl. Because yes. we were told for years as college football fans that we couldn't move none of these bowl games back because it would just disrupt everything. The second ESPN says, y'all need to get off, off this so we can have our, our, our broadcast, they moved it. Hey, they didn't get this college football under control. We ain't gonna have no professional football. Okay? <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we ain't gonna have no, ain't gonna be no more NFL if they don't get this. this also, I, I don't know how they do this every year, but having a non-college football playoff game in New Orleans on New Year's Eve, okay. some of these kids getting that NIL money. I'm just saying, be careful. Be careful, because New Orleans is not one of them cities you go to play in. Have a good time. Get a drink if you're legal. But go home. Oh, boy. What? <laughs> oh, man. Isn't Boosie from Louisiana? <laughs> yes, Boosie yep. is from Louisiana. It's from Baton Rouge. Not at all, friend. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wrapping up, uh, I do want to shout out, um, I got to experience something really cool, actually two things, but I want to start off, shout out to the Rutgers University Men's Lacrosse team. Um, they were the first team in the school's history to ever make a final four in any sport. Um, unfortunately they came up short against Cornell, but huh? Stringer didn't get them to the final four? No, I'm talking about men's teams. Oh, oh, you, oh, man. Oh, my yeah. man. We have not. Oh, I could have sworn she got him to the final four. Yes, she, yes, she did. <laughs> oh, my bad. I was freaking. <laughs> I was like, what? I know, I mean, I know Rutgers is a tough place to win, but damn. Yeah, it's first, like, first team to get to, a men's team to get to a final four since 1994. Um, So shout out to them. Unfortunately, it came up short against Cornell, but it is what it is. Um, I guess on the women's side, North Carolina took home the women's lacrosse title, um, finished off an undefeated season. We also have, I, I said last year when this happened, and this was all going down, no one's going to pay attention when it comes back around next year. Carrie Richardson. 
third best time in the world this year. Finished second at the Prefontaine Classic. Highline, Elaine Thompson, Ara, who had the best time in the world last year. Just noting it. Just noting it because no one's going to pay attention until we get to the Olympics. Yeah. Um, and last, actually, two last two things. Um, putting this out there because obviously I t- try to bring up boxing every time that I can. Um, on Sunday morning, the number one trending topic in the United States was Javante Davis. Not just in sports, not just in entertainment, but in all things trending topic on Twitter was Javante Davis. Knocked out Rolando Roley Romero in the sixth round. I had the privilege of being there at the Barclays Center over Memorial Day weekend. And if there has ever been a question that Javante Davis is a star, not just in boxing, but in sports period, it's over. I've never seen more famous people in my life in a room. That's that's oh, long. that's right. They had a contract dispute. My bad. They he may be leaving Mayweather to pro- promotions after this fight. Um, but like I said, I've never seen obviously boxing, it's an event, it brings out different types of people, but I've never seen that many. I saw Naomi Osaka, I saw Madonna. I saw Madonna get into an argument with Trippy Red, which was very interesting. Uh, <laughs> um, apparently Trippy Red took her, took her seat. Um, <laughs> um, Tory Lanez was there. Cat Williams was there. Stefan Diggs was there. Kevin Knox was there. I saw Chase Young. Hold on, hold on. What? Pause. Pause. What? What's the old school song? One of these things is not like the other. One of these things just doesn't belong. Madonna's from Boy Brooklyn. Said Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox was such a wild oh, call, bro. No. I thought you were going. I thought you were going to say Madonna was not like the others, but no, I was going to say Kevin. Well, that, that well, Madonna's from Brooklyn, so it, I know. Yeah, but you said you said Stefan Diggs. Okay, I mean all pro. Yeah. Chase Young, Kevin Knox. Kevin, Kevin Knox. Knox. He plays for the Knicks. Don't... That makes it worse. <laughs> being, okay. being a part of it, being a playing for the Knicks. He was a lottery pick. We're not just going to say he's a guy on the rest. Yeah, and a lot of lottery tickets don't work out, okay? <laughs> As I was saying, a lot of famous people, Ariel Spence, Ryan Garcia, you name it. Ryan Garcia better be careful. Um, but it was a it was a more com- as long as it lasted, it was a more competitive fight than I think a lot of people expected. I got you. Um, so it was good um, to be there, get to see that, and get like I said, selling out those people. Obviously, Memorial Day weekend. That's why we can't have nothing during the first round. There was a fight, not in the ring, but outside the ring. People fighting. Um, then after the um, fight, we had. There are people saying that there was a shooter and you know how black people pucks folk get. You see one person running, everybody's running. I don't know if anybody actually got shot or there was even a shooter, but some people got trampled. Um, so yeah. Uh but yeah, it was it was a good weekend. Um got to meet Sean Porter. Um 
And I guess this kind of segues into our last topic. Um, for our listeners, we have been working, we've been working, doing our own things. Um, Gerald, as we talked about, graduated. I know James, you're getting ready back, go back into the school, school mode very shortly. Um, we're just all working to do what we want to do outside of this podcast and within this podcast. And we had a really cool opportunity to come together and work together. Um, and we all put our t- questions together because we got an opportunity um, to interview the guys from the Pivot. So Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder, um, and Fred Taylor. I got a chance to speak with them directly at the Saint out in East Village. So without further ado, we'll play you a short clip from the interview. Um, and the full length interview should be out very, very shortly. But without further ado, here's the clip and we will see you again next week. Peace. Um, so first off, thank you for taking the time to do this. I really do appreciate it. As I was telling Shannon, I'm based in D.C. I work for um, an, an outlet called Def Pen. So it's primarily based here in Brooklyn, but I'm out in D.C. I was here because my brother got married. And you might actually have met my brother. He works for Sports Center. His name's Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, he got married on Monday. So um, I was up here. So luckily, um, we, it all worked out. Um but yeah, I guess I can just start by like saying like like you said like you said you were joking around. It's like a five year run, but y'all been doing this for about five months now. Like, how are you surprised by how fast this has grown and how kind of quick this has spread around? Um, I'm not really personally because of the fact that uh, all you got to do is like the content creators, like all that stuff, influencers, whatever they call them. They have to be entertaining. They got to educate. Like everybody got their different lanes. So when we got together and um, started to pivot. I knew it would be, you know, special. I knew it would be good because just the personality that we all have, knowing each other, vibing with each other, and then having a great production team. And that's kind of what, so when the start of it, I always say we joke around because my whole, my whole saying is everything's always going to work out. Like, yeah. don't worry about it. Shit going to work out. Yeah. And then five months later, it kind of just fell into place. But if you talk about entertainment, you got three entertaining people. Yeah. It's going to be entertaining no matter who you sit down with, no matter if it's just us three, whatever it is. So I'm not surprised at all. I'm gonna jump in there. I'm a little surprised. I think I'm a little surprised simply because, um, I mean, it was actually just a shot in the dark, you know. We knew we uh, we put together a pretty good group of guys, but it's it's not, at the end of the day, it's not, um, you know, our decision to, to, to watch or follow the show. It's the people that we're talking to. And that really, when you're talking about growth and speed and where we are now, it's really the people being receptive to what we bring to the table. So uh, in that sense, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised by what Channing brings to the table, or what RC does brings to the table, or what I do myself, not at all. But it's, it's a matter of making sure um, we're honest with each other when we're doing what we do, and we make the guests feel comfortable, and then how you know the viewers are, are receiving it. So. Um, I want this shit to go faster, <laughs> but at the same time, I understand that we do have to pace ourselves. Gotcha. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. I listen. I'm surprised, uh, but I think there was there was no there was no level. There's nothing that could have disappointed me. I didn't really have expectations. You know, like we all we are all different in, in the way that we approach it, which I think is what makes the show the show great. You know, we all have 
like the priority in the end so this show would be the best it could possibly be but there's so many different perspectives on it you know like when we meet i'm just like i just want to put together a great show i want i want great content i want uh, great conversations and you know then we have people who have been in the business right like they like like we gotta just at some point we gotta like cut the crap two of the two of the most popular podcasts involving black athletes that have ever been started had these two dudes in them right like that's that, that that's not that's not a coincidence right you, you don't you don't start one and blow that up to to what it was and then do another one and have it in five months be what this is about the people and i think the the bottom line is you take those two our producer uh alicia zubakowski and then you do the right things with it and it's going to grow uh, I didn't really have an expectation on how fast it'll grow, and so like, I'm kind of in between them on where we are now, because like Fred's like, you know, I want it to grow faster. I think you start wanting it to grow faster when you see how fast it's already growing. You know, like if we were sitting on like 100,000 subscribers, we'd be like, okay, it's, it's us. You know, it's something, it's something we aren't doing, or people aren't gravitating towards it. But when you start to see or you get the the messages of how impactful the show is, you know, then you're like, well, shoot, if it's this impactful, or if three million people can watch this episode, why don't three million people watch every episode? And so I think, you know, it's just one of those things, man, you know, I was riding, when we were riding over here, I was like, this is the most official thing I've done in entertainment, and I was the first ever active football player to have a TV contract. You know, and now eight years after that, six years after retirement, you know, what we've done with, you know, five cameras and basically four to five people, you know, has now resonated to the point to, you know, where we're sitting here with you. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've noticed, like, y'all will pretty much interview anybody, whether it's Shaq or with Caitlyn Jenner, y'all will interview a wide range of people. How do you determine who you're going to interview? Is it a conversation that's had? Is it I mean, is it comes to you? Shit, we're going to interview you in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it's really just uh, it's a it's a combination of things. Again, uh, Ryan mentioned Alicia Zubakowski. She she's pretty connected. She, yeah. she when you're a good person, you know people you can extend favors and vice versa, and you take advantage of those. So everybody that we've had on the show pretty much has just been us. Uh, we don't have a booking agent. <laughs> you know, we're our own booking agent. Uh, and, and really it's just on face. You know, we're able to pick up the phone, you know, call this person, that person, call the actual guest, say, look, um, we'd like to have you on. And some people are calling us. We're at the yeah. point where things are picking up and people are actually interested in coming on the show because they see that, um, it's a positive, you know, uh, uh, outlook, and um, the guests, the guests embrace that. Uh, so, I don't know. We just, um, we just been making it happen as we go. Imagine that happened by accident. Yeah. <laughs> like, be, like, be straight up, man. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, one of our more successful days uh, as far as what. The output was was because you know obviously people don't know how it was filmed but Warren Sapp, uh, Dr. Mira, and Michael Beasley were all filmed on the same night. You know, and that was the day that actually started 
with Candace Parker in another state. Five and one. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? And you know, and you look at you look at that day and you know, like I knew Candace and we haven't been able to put that out because of the documentary that she has coming out. And then Fred had two other like current football players lined up. That fell through. He got on the horn and got us three more interviews. You know, and that was a night I'd be like from my point of view, like I was disappointed at first because I was like, if we get those two guys, those active players, like that's a huge night. Yeah. You know, I was like, that's that's a huge get. And that's what we talking about expectations. That's what I was expecting. You know, and then when it went the other way, I was like, dang, you know, we don't get those two guys. And then we ended up getting with Michael Beasley to me the in the episode that transformed the show and allowed the show to transcend what anything we had already done, you know, whether it was AB, whether it was Floyd, any of those things. And I think that like the the cool part about the show is it's it's organic in the the finished product, but it's a ton of work that, that goes into it. You know, it's a ton of humility that that goes into it. So whereas, you know, you're you're somebody who's, you know, always been used to being a go-getter and getting things and not necessarily meeting people, we meet people. And so if I call you four times and you tell me you'll do it, and you gotta realize schedule's gotta match because we travel. Channing has a job, Fred has a job, I have a job, we have families, we travel to people, so we may only have one day to travel. That person might not be able to do the show. So now we're looking to book somebody else. And so it's, it's really been, it's, it's been a hustle, um, but I think that's been the cool part about owning something and being able and being invested. You know, like I never have to question if Fred's all in. I never had the question if Channing's all in, if Alicia's all in, because if we don't work and we don't grind, like we don't eat. And so like that's been the, the cool part. And more so than who we've interviewed, to me, it's what the people we've interviewed has give, have given us. Right, to, to leave Caitlin Jenner's house and for her and her business manager to be like, it's the best interview we've ever done. To talk to Dana White and see him at UFC 274, he, he invites my son to the Apex and goes, my son said that's the best podcast he's ever watched. You know, those are the things I think that, you know, matter to me more so now than who we get. And don't get me wrong, we want to get everybody. Mm-hmm. And we eventually will try, you know, but I get DMs all the time, like you should have so-and-so on the show. I say what you should be doing is DMing them and right. telling them they should be on our show. You act like we don't want to get it. <laughs> right. One thing I'm, I'm gonna say this, and I'll see what Channing. The pivot gonna pivot. <laughs> we, we gonna we pivoting right now. Yeah. You know, we try. We always try to make it happen. Always looking for an opportunity. That lane, we definitely willing to take advantage of it. I just wanted to add that. Too. Also, too, I know Channing's gonna talk, bro. Like the conversations we have with each other are real conversations. You know, like if, if some of our guests could hear the conversations we have about them and deciding on if it works and how it's going to work before they came on. If they ever recorded those, they probably wouldn't come on. Because <laughs> we never know. Yeah, you know, because yeah. we like, we hey, man, we like, hey, like, is this even going to be good? Or like, yeah. what's the angle? Yeah. Or like, Channing, like, you know, you can't say this to this person because we don't get canceled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's no. all non-scripted. And that's the thing. You're talking about like deciding on guests and all. Yeah. Um, we we've had you know we've had guests with opportunities and then we'd be sitting there talking chopping it up the same way we chop it up on the show the same way we sit down and you know we like enjoy like we we hang out we bullshit together but 
it got to a point where like we can we can as long as you speak English, we can sit down with anybody in the world and have a good conversation. Do do a little research. You can look on your phone. Okay, this 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 this, and you can just ride out and just talk, just have a conversation with people. And that's what it's about, man. Nowadays, everybody sitting on their phone and want to text and tweet and all this shit. I think the the art of the art of conversation is something that's being lost. So I think people enjoy seeing it because to the older older crowd, it's back to how it used to be. Mm-hmm. Where people talk, sit on the porch and talk. Yeah. To the younger crowd, it's eye-opening. Like, damn, y'all can sit and talk for an hour and a half, two hours? Mm-hmm. Yes. Look the man in his eye and speak to him. You know what I'm saying? Ask him questions, get to know him. So I think it kind of, it's an old school approach, but we could really talk to anybody, anybody in the world. If you want to jump on, jump on. We'll have a good conversation. Mm-hmm.